show number 186 investor guys podcast yeah. bill can you imagine i mean we started this uh, well two and a half years ago yeah we started it uh during covid during the lockdown during covid during the lockdown. one of the great things uh, you always look for silver linings and and in the middle of that shit show pardon my language but app description um we decided that thanks to you, we decided, Hey, let's do this podcast. Now that, uh, there's nothing else to do. <laughs> there's we're forced into having some time to do it. We had talked about it before. Just never guys yeah, schedules got crazy. And, uh, so yeah. So thank so you, sir. We're going to be yeah, 200 before you know it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. If you guys are watching and you enjoy the show, send us an email, just let us know, say hi. Uh, just, Questions. If you have questions, let us know. We'll try to do some shows on your questions. Um, and today we're going to follow up on what we've been talking about for foreclosures. Yep. We want to try yep. to provide as much information as possible. We give ourselves about a half an hour for this show. We talk a lot at the beginning about just nothing babbling. So we got like two sections where we actually give you content. Uh, so we want to give you as much information as you can possibly get for foreclosures, because this is going yep. to be an important segment coming up. Yeah. Uh, in, in this cycle of real estate that we're looking at. And it's not, it's something you should know about no matter what the cycle is. So even if you're yeah. watching this in 10 years and the market's booming, uh, there are still going to be foreclosures. There may not be as many as we're going to see in the, the not too distant future right now, but understanding foreclosures, understanding what goes into a foreclosure, understanding the process, understanding how most importantly, how to acquire foreclosures and pre-foreclosures is very, very important. And it is one of the keystone strategies for uh, real estate investors. Yep. So I'm going to yeah, let you, you think off. Back, Go ahead. You think back to 2007. So we were solidly in the, the Obama foreclosure debacle, and it was the Obama debacle. Um, we were solidly in that uh, in 07, and it went all the way through the end of 2012. So we had a little warm up in 06. We had a little hangover in 13, but we had seven to 12. That was a solid five years of hard foreclosure. And we're, I don't think we'll see, um, well, if we get Biden out, um, I don't think we'll see government interference like we saw with Obama uh, because that delayed the market recovery. And it delayed it by about 18 months. And hopefully government will stay out. The real estate market will take care of itself. And if the government stays out of it, it'll take care of itself on a much faster basis. Uh, so uh, we'll see this. You know, we're starting to see it already. Uh, you and I live in states that are going to be uh, the least affected of the states out there. Arizona is going to be um, moderately affected. We're going to be, Florida's going to be uh, moderately affected. Nevada may be moderate, but a lot of states are going to do um, really uh, get hit hard uh, on the foreclosure cycle. So if you the go irony, back. The irony on two of those states is the last time around in 2007, 2008, 2009, 2010, Nevada and Arizona got really hit really hard in the foreclosure yep. market. And this time around, because they position themselves in such a way, and because so many people are escaping California, uh, they're going to get through this 
nearly unscathed. It's just going to be a little bit of a scar. And real quick, before I think about it, you know, one of the one of the buzzwords, one of the things that everybody learned about in in 2007 was modifications and short sales. Short sales are really just a version of a foreclosure. Okay, it is where the seller, the owner of the house is forced to sell the property or they're going to be foreclosed. They negotiate with the bank. The buyer negotiates with the bank, essentially the agent for the, the buyer and the seller negotiate with the bank to have the bank offer a price that they're going to be able to sell. And not every short sale and not every property that goes into short sale ends up being in a short sale. A lot of times it gets foreclosed upon, right. but a short sale is really just a version of a foreclosure. Yeah. So there are so many different ways that you are looking at the foreclosure market. It is like a stone with multiple different facets and understanding those facets are going to be important to you because honestly, some people are better. I know people who are great at going to the courthouse and getting great deals. Okay. Me, I don't have the patience for it. I know people that are great sending out postcards and getting responses and buying properties pre foreclosures. Um, there are different facets that you are going to excel at. Figure out which one that is. Okay. Work all of them until you find out which one it is that you're best at and then focus on just that. Don't waste your time on the others. Yeah. What you'll find is you're going to pick one that works for you that you resonate with um, where the biggest amount of supply is, is the pre-foreclosure market. So these are loans that have gone into default, but they haven't been foreclosed on yet. So once they hit default and look, default can happen. A lot of people say, Oh, well, default's 90 days. No default technically is the first day that it's late. So in your mortgage agreement, if it's due on the first and it's late, uh, at the close of business on the 15th, then you're past that grace period. Technically, if the bank wanted to, they could start foreclosure on you on the 16th. Now, they typically don't do that because some really high percentage, like 90% of the properties that go into pre-foreclosure or go into default get cured and People are late all the time and, and they get behind a month because of circumstances. They get caught up uh, and the banks are aware of that. The mortgage companies are aware of that. They don't want these properties. That's a myth that you know, we talked about uh, a few shows ago about people under are thinking that the bank wants my property. They don't. They got more property than they can uh, say grace over. They don't want more property. They want you to get caught up and pay your loan. That's what they want. Uh, the last resort for them is to force payment by doing foreclosure. So this pre-foreclosure mode, so in default, but not yet gone to the sale, is where the bulk of property is transacted. You need to find, you can go to foreclosure.com. You prefer somebody local, you can get somebody local. But you need to find a source to be able to access the pre-foreclosure list and understand what kind of time frame you're dealing with. Uh, here in Texas, we're going to have about two weeks from the time the, the list is available until the sale date. Uh, that didn't have anything to do with the house, what goes on with the owner of the property. That's for you and I looking to buy a foreclosure property. If we're going to try to buy it at the steps, we've got two weeks to do our homework. If we're going to try to buy it before foreclosure, we know when it goes into default, we can start 
working with the seller and find out. And a lot of them are going to tell you, oh, we got it spread away. We'll get, yeah, we'll get it caught up. And then if you go to the auctions, you'll see some of those properties there. But the pre-foreclosure mode, simply finding a default list, who can provide that and provide it for me timely. How are we doing time-wise? Speaking of timely. We're ready to go. Um, I was just getting ready to give you my signal. We will uh, see you back on our next segment. And we're back and we're talking foreclosures today. And we were talking pre-foreclosures and understanding pre-foreclosures. And essentially pre-foreclosures just up to the point where they're taking it to the steps of the courthouse to sell it. Any time from when they are in default, which is the day they don't pay the, the, the mortgage like they're supposed to, to the time it gets sold at the steps, that is pre-foreclosure. You can catch the property at any point in between and you have more leverage because at that point, you're negotiating with the owner. You may be negotiating with the owner in the bank, but you are negotiating primarily with the owner, okay? So the owner has more leverage. They have more power to negotiate something with you and make something work for you than the bank does at that point. And they have more incentive to. And they have more you incentive. Know, one of the things that I remind people that are in um, pre-foreclosure, because uh, sometimes they'll go, well, before I sell it for this price, I just let it go back to the bank. And I always remind them, I'm like, look, you can certainly do that. If you do that, foreclosure on your credit history will stay on your credit history longer than bankruptcy. And it's worse than bankruptcy because underwriters, when you go out to buy something, you go out to buy another house, an underwriter looks at that and they go, wow, um, they played the game against us, meaning against the whoever the mortgage company was. And they kind of look at it as they're all one big happy family uh, when they're looking at it like that going forward. They go, okay, they've done that to somebody else. Uh, so they're likely that they'll do it to us because the second time is easier than the first time for the homeowner. So when they look at bankruptcy, they go, hey, uh, obviously a lot of things went wrong uh, for these folks and, and they lost their home. Uh, and so they would rather put a new mortgage out for you if you have a bankruptcy on your credit report than they would if you have a foreclosure. And again, the foreclosure will stay on your credit report longer than the bankruptcy does. So, yeah, it can be um, it can be ugly. And that's a very strong negotiating point when we're talking with people in pre foreclosure. Yeah. And a seller saying that is tantamount to somebody saying this gaping wound on my arm, I will let it turn into gangrene and have it amputated before I go to the doctor to have it treated. Um, selling their property, getting anything, even if it's a dollar out of that property, rather than going through the foreclosure process, going through the foreclosure headache and possibly still owing the bank money after all yeah. of it, you know, yeah. is, is, is not preferable to taking a deal on the property, selling it and, and walking away. There's, there's no way that you can take the property unless the underlying mortgage is taken care of, unless the debt is paid off. I, I cannot buy that house unless that debt is secured somehow. So there's no way that I am buying the house for less than what he owes the bank unless I'm negotiating that with the bank. So it's not like he isn't walking away with the time that he spent in the property at very least, you know, uh, 
people are just ridiculous. They don't, they don't want to see the forest through the trees. Sometimes, sometimes you have to help them with it. If you've got somebody who's just being impossible and, and they just don't get it and you got those people, you do, you, you will have to let it stop wasting your time on it. Go on to the yep. next person. Yep. Let them learn their lesson the hard way. So, and, you know, when you buy these lists, you've got the property address and you've got the owner. So you can mail to them. Uh, you can also Google search or cross-reference and get phone numbers to call. Uh, but certainly you can do postcards or a letter. And I like to swap it up when I'm doing my pre-foreclosure campaigns. I'll usually start with a postcard and then uh, follow that up with a letter uh, so that they get some <laughs> constant feedback. Sometimes I'll, I'll just uh, drop a business card into a, uh, a card envelope, like a greeting card envelope or a thank you card envelope. And I'll just drop a business card in there and mail to them. Uh, they know why you're getting it. Uh, when your business card on the back of it says, I buy foreclosures like mine does, uh, they know uh, why they're getting it. So what they're, what we want to do is find out, can we get them any cash? Because if when we can buy, get them cash. When you buy these lists, whether it's foreclosure.com or, or, or another list, most of them have the amount, the outstanding amount on that list. You will know what they owe roughly there may be some more in there by the time you get to whatever point it is, is yeah, per and there everything. will be but in in round numbers you're going to know what they owe in fact if you go to foreclosure.com from our website um, you'll see the list in your area and it'll show you what is owed on each one of those properties it's up on foreclosure right now so you've got a point to work from at the very beginning okay so if you're looking at a property where they owe $196,000 and you know the property is worth $500,000 you have a lot more power to go in there and say hey you know what let me offer you 300 let me offer you $400,000 and you walk away from this property with money in your pocket i satisfy your bank debt and I get a good deal. And you may have someone who says, you know what? That sounds like a good deal to me. And, and they go. And sometimes we picked up some property where the seller said, hey, you know what? I got enough equity. I'm just going to sell it. I'm going to put it with a real estate agent. We're like, great. That's, that's terrific. If you find that you're not under contract and the foreclosure is at hand, call me. I'm going to need about 72 hours, but that's it. And I can still work my magic and, and get your house out of foreclosure, get you some cash and keep that foreclosure from being on your credit report. And we've picked up several properties through the years that way. So when somebody says they're going to sell it, don't just say, OK, well, that's done. Meaning they're going to sell it through a realtor. Um, so yeah, that's OK. Or they're going to uh, do for sale by owner, which in many cases is a total disaster because uh, they don't have a clue what they're doing. So when you find somebody that just says, I'm going to sell it, don't write it off just yet. Look at it and go, okay, let me get contact information to you. Let's establish a little bit of a relationship here so that if that doesn't happen, there's still time for us to work together. And I'll give you a call back several days before the auction to see where you stand. Or if you change your mind in between now and then, call me. Yeah, you'd be surprised. One of my favorite favorite ways to get 
foreclosure properties is from other investors or from people who have multiple properties. And when I say other investors, I'm not saying investing is a bad, a bad strategy. A lot of people don't understand how to invest. A lot of people don't understand how to get property management. I've seen people who live in Massachusetts try to manage properties that were in Florida and they just couldn't do it. And because of that, they weren't getting the income because of that they weren't paying the note on. They paid their note on their property in Massachusetts, but they weren't paying their note here in Boca Raton. Uh, these people were literally happy to just let me take the property, just take it done. Yeah, I actually didn't even buy the note out from them. I negotiated with the bank and did a short sale with the bank uh, that was more like a modification really than a short sale because we put it into trust in order for me to take over the property and control it. Before we even had any of that done, I already had tenants in that property because I gave it to my property management person in Florida, in the Palm Beaches. And they had tenants in there before we were even able to get the bank to come back with a, yeah, we'll take that for, for a, a note. Uh, so don't, don't have tunnel vision. Okay. Yeah. Uh, if somebody understands property and, and again, they, they didn't understand property management, but they understood that if they get that foreclosure on their record, it's going to affect them in their current situation uh, with the house that they have, with their ability to purchase another house in the future. Um, they had the investing bugs. They, they wanted to have an investment property. They realized that they overextended themselves by trying to manage their own property in Florida. What they did next, I don't know, but I do know they were planning on buying more investment properties. This enabled them to do that. And they were able to walk away with it. They had an expensive lesson with the money that they put down and whatever notes, you know, whatever they paid on the note. But it's a lesson that they understood that they paid for and they learned from and they were ready to walk away from. Now we're over on our time, but we will be back in just a second. We're back. Final segment on this. And again, foreclosures. I love them if I don't have to stand at the at the steps and get them. If I don't have to do this, that, or the other. If it's easy for me, and there's, there's there are ways to do that. Um, I've got a whole different spin on things um, than yeah. the typical way is. Um, but that that's what works for me. Yeah, and I enjoy the steps. You, What's that? you may find that uh, if you go and look, you should go sometimes so that you simply understand the process. So in Texas, first Tuesday of the month in Florida, they do it all the time. Uh, literally all the time. So um, you also will learn in many states, you will learn about tax liens, deeds, and certificates in that same process. So Especially just in Texas, like it is because they do it the same day. Yes, yeah, so. do it at the same time. And uh, it's in a, a different in area. But uh, you should go and experience it and learn the process because in a lot of states, you're going to have to register. If you're going to buy at the steps, you have to pre-register as a bidder uh, in many states, like you have to do here. You just can't walk up and start bidding. You have to have a, it's called a paddle. It's really just a bid number, uh, but you got, you got to have a paddle to be able to bid. And so you want to learn that process. What's the steps for me to be able to bid? And if I win the bid, what's my payment steps? And many times you're going to have to pay very, very quickly in Texas, uh, in Tarrant County, you got 30 minutes uh, to pay and you got, and they don't take personal checks and they don't give change. Well, they don't give you change right then. They'll mail it to you, but it's about six weeks for that to happen. But so you, you want to go prepared for the process and understanding the process. So if you go a time or two, you'll pick up on how to bid. Uh, you, you'll also find that you've got to be able to identify who is the trustee, which is an attorney, 
who is the trustee that is selling that particular property? Because it's not one person selling all those properties. They may have six, eight, 10 auctions going on at the same time. So you've got to know, I got to have multiple properties that I want to bid on. And then I got to know who's the trustee that's going to be running that auction. And then I got to go find it. And I got to see when is it going on. Now, many times uh, you can get a time frame, like they will be in the 11 to, this property will be in the 11 to one time frame. Don't know when, but it'll be, we won't sell it before 11. And we likely um, will be having it sold already by one o'clock. So we're looking at 11 to one. So that gives you some time to work with to find out who this person is that's going to be doing the auction and where they're going to be. Like we said, there's going to be multiple auctions going on. Um, and in Tarrant County, uh, it literally still, this is so much fun, it is still on the courthouse steps. And so you have the, the tax liens, deeds, and certificates. And for us, it's just liens and deeds. Uh, sale going on, and you have a sheriff conducting that sale. The difference is there is one person conducting that entire sale, and they've got a podium up on the top of the steps with a microphone and a PA system. And so then you've got all down at the bottom of the steps, you've got all these foreclosure auctions going on, and you got to get very close to the trustee handling the auction to even be able to hear what's going on and what the bid is. So uh, you need to understand all that stuff before you go so you're not caught unaware. So take a find out when the next one is. Go down. Many places are doing it online now, which is so, um, I think, so much more efficient. It's not quite as much fun, uh, but it is more efficient, and it allows us not to have to stand out in the cold or the rain, but uh, find out what's going on with you locally. Yeah. And it is, it's an experience and just decide whether or not it's something that works for you. And remember, remember, if you go and you do that at the steps, it's easy to get caught up in the energy of it. It's easier to get the adrenaline going. Make sure you have that drop dead number, as we mentioned on your hand, don't go over that drop dead number. That's it. Okay. Uh, that to me, that's, that's, that's one of the things I hate about going to the steps is somebody else beating you out on the bid. It's, it, it isn't personal, but somehow sometimes it does feel a little personal. Well, that's a guy thing. You know? yes. <laughs> that's a macho. Where you're not going to beat me. You know, I'll show you. I'll bid more. And that's what they're hoping for. Right. Yeah. So always have that drop dead number. I like doing it online because I can make that offer and that's it. Okay. I don't have to worry about competing or hearing somebody else getting a it's literally they hit the button and whoever has the highest bid that's the person who gets it so yeah. if i didn't get it i didn't get it. it's easy to look at the screen and say you know your bid was not accepted um just understand the process emotion yes you're doing it online there, yes. there's a lot and, less emotion. and i didn't spend as much time looking for parking because parking downtown no matter where you are in any city parking downtown is not easy and putting money in the meter and making sure that you've got enough money in the meter and then walking in the rain, the snow, the sleet, the hail, the heat, whatever it is, you know, to whatever location you're in, standing with a bunch of people who you don't know. And in Texas, as, as Bill mentioned, you're doing the tax auction at the exact same time. And if you're someplace like, like Dallas, Dallas, they used to do the tax auction and the foreclosures 
in this big giant marble room and there'd be about a thousand people in there and the guy with the tax auction has a speaker and a microphone and you can hear him clearly echoing off the walls and then you can hear yeah. other people saying this is so-and-so attorney for such and such blah, 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 and they're doing the property and they'll start trying to sell the property and you can't hear anything sometimes they change that they're now. smarter they they'll step that. out to the steps on the outside of the door um but it, it it's an experience for sure yeah but if I can make a bid online and know what's going on online without ever having to get into the car, that's, that's my preference. Yeah. So whatever the property process is that you identify with the most, understand that it's too big of a segment of the real estate investing world on the single family side to not pay any attention to it. It is going to be the driving force of the market for the next few years. And so you want to be involved in that and how you do that. Uh, you can go pick up, you can drop us a, um, either one of us go Kevin at investorguyspodcast.com or Bill at investorguyspodcast.com. And let us know you want a copy of my book, Are You Dumb Enough to Be Rich? Because you're on the podcast. Yeah, it's a national bestseller. And, and Kevin knows I, I harp about this a lot. It's a real book. It's not some guy that went out and did some self-published thing and sold four <laughs> copies. So it's his it's bestseller. It's an Amazon Kindle it's book. It's a real bestseller, you know, guys. Yeah, so, and it was in the bookstores for years and years, still is, and, and some, depending on what part of the country you're in. So um, we'll send you a digital copy of that because there's a lot of great foreclosure information in there. There's no obligation to you. We're not asking for anything. But if you want that, uh, let us know. We'll pop you a digital copy of that. And understand the process. It's too big a segment of the market to not pay attention to it. There's too much money in it not to pay attention to it. Yeah. And just in closing too, without even going down a whole nother rabbit hole, we were talking about payment earlier. There are so many different ways to make payment. There are so many different ways to secure payment. You could get, you can literally get a loan for foreclosure properties. Okay. You could do a, a check from your IRA, your self-directed IRA, or your self-directed 401k. It doesn't have to be money that you have in your bank that you take out in cash. There are so many different ways to have that amount of money in a check ready to go. And like I said, if you know what your drop dead number is, then yep. you know that that's, that's the check that you're going to have. If you don't have a check over that amount, it's easy not to bid over that amount. Yeah. Hey, great show. Great thank show. you. And thank you for joining us, all of you. And Bill, thanks for uh, being here again on another day. Uh, I am looking forward to seeing you in a couple of days. You have a great day. The rest of you, happy investing. And we will see you back here soon on the Investor Guys podcast for show 187. Thanks, everybody.